This Shabbos we read the uh, Torah portion of Nasai, um, which has many beautiful ideas in it. We'll focus on one idea, and that is the um, the concept of individuality, the uh, significance um, of every person having their own unique um, set of uh, talents, abilities, and mission. Um, the Parsha begins, it really is a continuation of the last Parsha, the end of last week's Parsha, and that is when the Shevet, the tribe of Levi, was counted. Um, whereas in last Parsha, primarily we were counting, Moshe Rabbeinu was counting all of Klal Yisrael, all the different uh, tribes, and everyone was counted together. But in the end of last Parsha, and more so in the beginning of this one, the tribe of Levi is counted uniquely and differently, separately from the rest of the Jewish people. Um, and the reason for that is because Levi was chosen to serve in the Beis HaMikdash, serve in the Mishkan at that time. Um, and therefore, they're counted separately. They're counted separately, they're counted di- different ages than the rest of the Jewish people, um, separately. And what's interesting is, not only the, sh- the tribe of Levi is counted separately from the rest of the Jewish people, but the tribe of Levi itself is separated into three countings. And there's three basic families of that tribe, that the families of Gershon, Kahos, and Mirari, the three sons of Levi. Um, and each one of those families is counted separately. And then Moshe Rabbeinu designates the specific type of work for the Mishkan that each one of those families is responsible for. So some would carry some parts of the Mishkan, some would carry other parts of the Mishkan. Each one had a very different, very unique and specific job that it was their um, responsibility to do in the Mishkan. And one was not allowed to do the job, of the, other, the job of the other. So here we have a double concept. First of all, Levi is separate from the rest of the Jewish people because they have a different type of job specifically related to the Mishkan. And within the tribe of Levi alone, we have differences from one family to the next as to what exactly their responsibilities would be towards the Mishkan. Later in the Parsha, in the middle of the Parsha, we have the very famous Birchas Kayanim. Um, we say it, uh, we, the Kayanim uh, outside of Eretz Yisrael will go up um, on Yom Tov and bless the Jewish people with the Birchas Kayanim, just the, uh, bless the congregation, we call it Duchanim. Um, and that is the blessings of the Kayanim that are, again, uniquely said by the Kohenim, blessing the Jewish people, outside of Eretz Yisrael on Yom Tiv, in Israel every Shabbos or every day, depending on the place and depending on the custom. But that's also something that's unique to the Kohenim and not even to the Levim. So here the Kohen is separate from the Levi. The last and lengthy, most lengthy section of the Parsha talks about the special karbonis that the Nesim brought. Um, when the Mishkan was initially built and consecrated, and it was the first day of full operation was Rosh Chodesh Nisan. So for the next 12 days, each day, starting from, again, Rosh Chodesh, Aleph Nisan, and Beis and Gimel through Yud Beis, 12 days each day, the Nasi, the leader or prince of one of the tribes, one of the Shvatim, brought a set of Kerbanais to the Beis HaMikdash. And that was called Chanukas HaMizbeach, the consecration or the sanctification of the Mizbeach through the Korbanas, through the um, sacrifices that were brought by the 12 Nesim, the 12 leaders of the tribes. So each tribe brought differently. Yeah, each, each tribe brought on its own date, um, Yom Aleph, Yom Beis, etc. Interestingly, 
what they brought was the same. Um, there's an entire list of what each brought as far as animal sacrifices, other type of gifts for the Beis HaMikdash. They all brought, the, the, the sacrifices that they brought were identical. But yet, the Torah enumerates each one and goes through in detail. We're talking about many, many verses in the Torah where it says the detail. The first day, they, they, it was brought by Nachshon ben Aminada from the tribe of Yehuda and he brought A, B, C, D, E, F, G. The second day was from the tribe of Yisachar and was Nasanil ben Suar and he brought A, B, C, D, E. And it was all 12 are exactly the same. And the question is, why does the Torah enumerate each one? And the answer given, based on the Medrash, is that although they brought the same thing, each one brought it differently. Each one brought it with different intentions, with different feelings. Each one was expressing their own type of dedication, their own type of feeling for the Mishkan. So although physically they all looked the same as far as the type of animals that were brought, the type of carbon that was brought, but they were very, very different in nature. They were very different in what they were expressing. And each one, therefore each one deserves to be mentioned uniquely in the Torah. So really what we have here, a, a thread running throughout the Parsha, is the concept of uniqueness and difference that people are not the same you know especially in today's generation you hear a lot the call for equality and everyone is the same and everyone should do the same things and the Torah is teaching us that that's not the way it is hashem creates a lot of different people people aren't clones one from the other people aren't just copies every person is created differently with a different set of talents a different set of abilities responsibilities and mission and when, we, when one tries to do someone else's job, then one fails both because they're not going to do the other person's job properly because they're not the other person. And they're also not maximizing and expressing their own special gift that Hashem gave them and their own uniqueness in the way Hashem made them. And that's what the Torah is telling us. There's the tribe of Levi and they're different than the other tribes. Within the tribe of Levi itself, there's the, the three different families and each one has a different um, uh, mission. And then there's the Kayin who has his own mission. And then every tribe of the Jewish people who's represented by their Nasi, has their own way of expression and their own way of connecting to Hashem. And this is so true for each and every one of us, of us that we all have to be able to identify and find our uniqueness and express that. Now, many times we express it in the same, using very similar vehicles as other people. As in the story of the 12 tribes, in the end of the parasha, each one brought the same physical carbon, physical sacrifice was the same. Um... And yet, each one was expressing a whole different set of emotions and a whole different set of feelings um, and expressing that to its fullest in his relationship to Hashem. I want to add something to this, which is, one might think, well, if everyone has their own talents, so then that means that that's supposed to come easy to me or it should be natural to me. If that's my talent, if that's my gift, if that's what I'm good at, um, then obviously that mission should come easy to me effortlessly shouldn't need much effort or training. But that's a mistake as well. And, and I want to uh, express that by giving over an idea that the Alter Rebbe says in Tanya, a very powerful idea, about the concept of emuna. We know that at the, uh, the very center of our Yiddishkeit, there is emuna, there's faith, faith in Hashem. The first mitzvah is the first one of the Ten Commandments, Anoichi Hashem Alekecha. Hashem says, I am your God, and I want you to believe in me. Now, we believe that emuna, belief in Hashem, is, is part of everyone's soul. It's everyone's ability, everyone's uh, birthright. Um, we have a soul, which is a part of God, and because of that, we have that ability to believe in God. 
yet, although we believe everyone has it within them, that's not to say that it's not something we have to work on, something we have to think about, we have to reflect upon, think about Hashem, think about creation, find Him in everything in this world. It's a lifelong effort of working and maintaining to express that amuna within ourselves. So the question is, is amuna a birthright? Is it something that's there automatically? Or is it something I have to work on and think about and reflect and meditate about? So the Alter Rebbe in Tanya here, he says something very beautiful. It's in the end of chapter 42. And he says that, the, that um, interestingly, the word amuna, which means faith, in Hebrew also means something else. The word amuna comes from the word an uman, which is a craftsman. And a craftsman is connected with also the same word in Hebrew, me'amin, which is to train, to train our hands, to train our, train our feet. Whatever craft we might be, whatever talent we might have, we have to train ourselves to do it. Someone might be, um, have a, a, a knack for music. Someone might be artistic, whether it's artistic in music or artistic in, in drawing or, or in any area. Uh, one might, there, there's so many different talents that people have. So one has an inborn talent, and yet that talent, we can work the entire life on training, on developing. So do I have the talent or do I have to train for it? And the answer is both. Within my soul, I have a certain talent. Um, whatever talent that's going to be. But in order to train my hands and my legs or my eyes or whatever it is, or, or whatever, whatever I'm going to be using to be a good vessel, to express that talent, that's where training comes in. And the more I'm training, the more I'm teaching my, again, my body to be a proper vessel or receptacle for the talent that I have. So take, for example, person A has a natural talent for art, person B doesn't. They'll both train for it. The person who has the natural talent through training will become a star. The person who doesn't have the natural talent will train and therefore will learn how to do it, but will never become a star because that's not really their talent. So training is not there in order to create something new. Rather, training is there in order to help us express in the best way possible those talents and those gifts that we have. Says the Alter Rebbe, that's the story with emuna, And that's why the word emuna, which means faith, is the same root as the word a craftsman. Because yes, we do have the talent, if you will, of having faith. We do have that, that right and that gift because of our very soul to be able to believe in God, to recognize God, to, to connect to Him. At the same time, we work on training and developing that through using our faculties and through using our thinking and through using our learning and through using our emotions in order to connect to and help express that innermost talent that we have. And the same is true for all the type of talents and the gifts that we have that Hashem gives us. That yes, He gives us gifts. And yes, they're uniquely different from one person to the other. And yes, it's important to find and figure out what our unique gifts are. At the same time, that doesn't mean that we won't have to train um, train ourselves in order to use them properly and to bring them out to their fullest and to their utmost. And this then is that special, the special way Hashem creates us. He gives each and every one of us special gifts and it's up to us to train and to, to work on expressing them properly and growing them properly in order to use them to their maximum, both to be the best types of people that we can be and to use them in the best way for the world around us and in our service of Hashem. Agut and Shabbos.